Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Hello and welcome. I am Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, and our guest today is Ashley Kelly. Ashley is a social worker by education. She graduated with her Bachelor of Social Work in 2018. It took her eight years to earn her secondary degree as she greatly struggled with her health in the last decade. Ashley is a person with a disability. She has cerebral palsy as well as hydrocephalus. But she is also a writer of poems and short stories. Ashley started her own blog in 2017 which addresses stigma, inequalities, and to dismantle bias, unfairness, and ableism. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome, awesome. We are glad you are here, and we're going to have a great time together today. Um, So, uh, by the way, thank you for accepting my invitation to come on as a guest. Um, let's start by giving our audience uh, a little uh, definition of, for those who don't know, what cerebral palsy is and hydrocephalus, you know, let's start there. Sure. So my primary condition is hydrocephalus, which basically means water on the brain. Um, you have cerebral spinal fluid that goes from your head down, um, and is virtually recycled. Uh, My body doesn't have the ability to do that on its own. So I have a small implanted device in my head. And when it's working, um, it takes the collection of fluid um, and drains it so that my intracranial pressure doesn't get uh, too high because that could be a matter of life and death. Mm -hmm. Um, And my secondary condition is cerebral palsy. I have spastic dysplasia. So basically that's an umbrella term for a group of neuromuscular challenges depending on where the level of brain injury was sustained so for me it's primarily my right side and the middle of my back down is significantly weaker and quite spastic um thankfully i have i'm very blessed that i have a very minor case of it um but that makes me no less of an advocate and no less impacted so it allows me to kind of confront like that I have challenges, but I present kind of normally. Uh, and that's just not true. So that's me. Well, uh, that's great. And uh, this, uh, I mean, this is a great education for those who don't know what cerebral palsy is or hydrocephalus is. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, our audience knows what we're talking about and what we're dealing with here in this session. Um, so statistically, as I you know, became more versed in the community of people with disabilities, I found out that uh, about 85% of people with disabilities acquire their disability later in life, meaning they're not born with it. So what's your situation with that? Were you born with it or did you acquire it later? So it, they were both as a result of brain injury Uh, at the time we didn't, we've come a long way in in my almost 30 years. So today it would have maybe been discovered a little sooner, but the likelihood is that I probably acquired both from my birth injury. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just presented a little later on, but I was 
born with them. I, I know no other life uh, and they're kind of my constant companions. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's great. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a way of, of living, a different way of living than, than most people. Um, so how was it like growing up with a disability and who was there to explain what was going on with you when you were yeah. younger? Um, so, you know, thankfully, growing up with with my specific set of circumstances became more difficult ironically as I aged um but for the most part I had a support system and a family that tried really hard to make sure that I understood that I was different but that didn't mean that I had to be different than anyone around me so my friends and my family knew there are certain things that are harder for me and to give me support there. Um, but I would say the challenges came as I grew up and realized that not everyone around me is accepting, knowledgeable or welcoming of what's different. I didn't really understand that as a child because children, relatively speaking, are quite open. But as an adult, um, I found that the more different you are, the more deviant you are, um, the more there's pushback just in your very being. And I think that was such a large part of why I started my blog um, because I had the right to exist. I had the right to take up and claim space as do all of the members of, of this community because people don't realize people with disability are the largest minority group there is. Um, we are here and we exist and, and pretending otherwise doesn't change that reality, but it makes our lives harder. So that, I think it was just society ignorance really that, and maybe a surgery or two that made things just a little difficult. <laughs> uh, well, uh, for those who don't know, uh, about uh, 60 million Americans are with disability today. So that's right. that's a little less than the third of the population, which is quite significant. Uh, and this is only in the United States. Yeah. Um, so probably in the world, there's 1 billion people with, with disability, uh, approximately. Uh, so, you know, it makes a great sense to design our environment uh, universally, you know? Uh, and uh, I talk about this in my book, Mobility and Inclusion, you know, why it makes sense, why it, make, why it makes great business sense to have products universally designed. And when I say universally designed, uh, I, I mean, uh, everybody can use it regardless of their ability or disability. You know, it has nothing to do with ability or disability. It's just there for all types of people to benefit from it. And I think that was something that you had said to me in our very first introduction. You had said to me, that um, too often I found as a person with disability that I'm trying to fit into a box, right? Rather that be within my relationships, whether that be within the world, I'm trying to conform to this little box. Mm -hmm. And you had said very confidently that it shouldn't be about trying to conform us, but asking the world to accommodate and bend to fit us um, because we're here. we exist no differently than you do. Um, so that was something that really struck out to me, especially as a person who is considered able-bodied to hear you address something that is at such a core of who I am was just absolutely 
empowering um, and very validating as well. Absolutely, and uh, you know, uh, I and I didn't know I didn't know about about the community of people with disabilities. To be completely frank, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't have family members who are people with disability, and I wasn't exposed to that world. All I've seen in my uh, in my life up until I started this company was just, you know, people on wheelchairs or elderly, right? Uh, so once I got into it, and uh, thankfully I had a lot of uh, advocates for people with disabilities as, as, as friends who are dear friends to me. Um, so, you know, I started getting the knowledge, as you said, a lot of the time, the knowledge is not there, which is fine as long as you make an attempt to learn about uh, the societies, the communities, right? Uh, so, you know, and that's what I did. I was able to learn. And uh, to your point, um, I came to understand that the uh, people with disability, if, we talking, if we're talking about inclusion, it's not about fitting them into our environment or the able, ableism environment, yeah. is changing your environment to fit to everyone. Exactly. And again, that, that is going to make a great business sense because you can only, uh, how many people can you change? Let's say how many people with disabilities you can change to adapt to your, to your uh, situation or to your environment, but you can easily change your environment to adapt a lot more people. Right. Like how many doors are you potentially shutting for yourself if you're not organically welcoming everyone? 100%. It's a missed opportunity for both sides. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. You know, the, the show is called Mobility and Inclusion, and we're talking all about inclusion here. Um, so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, so what kind of uh, equipment did you use growing up with your, to help you with your daily activities? Um, so while I'm not proud of it, um, in order to answer that, I have to be accountable and say that for a very long time, I struggled to accept the reality of, of who I was and, and what came with that because I wanted so badly to kind of fit this ideal. And because of that pressure and those stigmas, um, I didn't use a mobility aid until I was probably around 16 or 17 years old. I had had AFOs, which are orthopedic. Um, orthopedic braces, um, mm -hmm. kind of similar to um, what you would see in like Forrest Gump. I had worn those um, as a child to try to strengthen, mm -hmm. um, but I ditched those as quickly as possible. Um, but now I use, uh, I'm actively in recovery, so I, it depends on the day, but I can go from my wheelchair, my walker, or my cane. Um, and that depends on my strength, my spasticity, um, or the amount of pain that I'm in as to what I'm able to do. But it's it's a variety of aids. Got it, got it. So you use a variety of aids to help you maneuver during the, your day. Absolutely. So if I were to uh, offer you something that will make a, a quantum leap impact in your daily activities, what would you say or what would you change in your current mobility aids that you're using to give you that quantum leap uh, into how you would want to. Into independence? Yes. I, as somebody who was actively off and on in school for so long, um, 
I think the thing that I was really missing was almost a desk, if you will, or a surface that was attached to my wheelchair so that I had the ability to say, carry my lunch or my dinner from the cafeteria. Um, mm -hmm. I had to have staff help me because you can't carry something and push a chair. Um, but the reality of a tray is that it, if not designed correctly, it can restrict how you move to bend with the wheels um, mm -hmm. and the weight to throw you off. Yeah. Um, but that is something like carrying things for me is, is very difficult. Um, fluids. I, I, the other day I, I ended up wearing a half a gallon of water because I was trying to be, uh, I'm going to say independent, but probably more stubborn. Um, <laughs> but it's those daily things for me, like carrying things that are extremely problematic mm -hmm. because it's either you carry it or you, you use your mobility. There's no in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great for me to know. Uh, as you know, I'm the founder of Marquette Robotics and, uh, uh, this is the way I'm conducting my research nowadays, you know, but this is the, I guess, even though I hate this term, the new normal, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, but this is the way uh, I'm conducting my research to know what kind of products would be uh, life-changing for, you know, Absolutely. for people with disabilities. Um, and, and thank you for, for the insight. Um, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take that uh, a mental note and then apply it hopefully. i'm sure if anybody can do it it's you <laughs> appreciate the confidence um so let me ask you um so we're talking about the we were talking about inclusion uh you are a social worker um, i am are you currently employed i am currently employed i'm on medical leave right now um because i've had a couple of surgeries in the last five months um but I, my job is still being held. Um, and thankfully I have an employer that is willing to allow me the time to do what I need to, to be safe. Mm -hmm. Um, whilst also not worrying, is that going to be there for me? Do I have to make a choice between my job and my health? Yeah. Um, but that is a privilege that not many people have, um, Unfortunately. not every agency works like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're trying to change that. And, uh, with Mark and Robotics and Mobility and, and Inclusion podcast, hopefully we'll be at a, at, a, at a place where we can educate corporations and companies to be more inclusive and we can show them how to do that. Um, so do you ask for special accommodations? Like how many employers have you had experience with or you interacted with before this one? Uh, I, I've been employed since I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, so right off the top of my head, I can think of four or five employers, whether that be in a camp, in a gym. Um, I'm thinking about a school tutor. I worked with uh, victims of assault. Um, and now what I do as a, as a BI, so about five. So five um, that who are, who are inclusive, you mean? Yes. Okay. That's, that's great to know. It's yeah. But all of that hinged on my ability and my comfort level more so to know what was a right um, versus a privilege um, and the ability to say, I need help, but that doesn't make me any less able to do this. Mm -hmm. I just need some, some, some room to be creative here. Um, yeah. And if you don't understand that, then I'm afraid 
we can't uh, we can't further a partnership. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and as I said, that uh, that partnership starts by the or the hiring organization shouldn't be shouldn't be coming from from you as as the person with disability. You know, they should uh, adjust. And I cannot stress this enough. They should adjust their environment to fit you and not the other way around. Absolutely. Um, now, I think uh, we covered uh, your, your challenges and the inclusiveness. And let's talk about your, your blog a little. Oh, my, my baby. <laughs> so let's see. I know you said you uh, write poems and short I stories. Did. Um, are you going to share a poem with us today or it's tough? Mm. I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to pressure. I, you. I, I, I certainly could. Um, my poems are, are a little less about, uh, my experiences as, as a person with disability and more so just as, as a young woman who's been through, I'm sure the very same things that anyone around me has, mm-hmm. um, I am more than a disability, which is my blog, however, is, has absolutely been a resource for me. It's been a, a sense of healing um, and really just a very safe place for me to begin to nurture and understand how I feel um, and, and hopefully try to pull that together in a way that can also be healing to someone else. That's great. That, that is great. So where can people uh, find your blogs? Sure. Um, the URL is more than a disability. It also comes up as IME. Um, my name is Ashley Brady Kelly. Um, that is attached to my Instagram, which you found, um, which is Ashley Kelly underscore IME blog. Um, and if you need a laugh, that's the place for you. If, if you need kind of confidence and permission to be yourself, that's in it for you. And if you just kind of need to understand that I have challenges, but I am absolutely just like everyone else, this is the place for you because I, I put it all out there so that somebody else understands that while it might not be talked about in their realm, people are safe and, and welcomed in that space um, because I needed that growing up and it wasn't a resource. So I want it to be there for other people. That's actually, this is a great segue for my next question. Uh, I was going to ask you, what would you recommend for people in the same situation as you uh, or or a a suggestion? How would you, uh, what would you tell them? Mm. Two things. First one might make me a tad emotional. Um, But the first thing I would say is that there is absolutely nothing wrong with who you are and what makes you who you are. Different does not mean deviant. And the more that society sees differences and learns to celebrate them, the safer off you'll be. But I spent a very large part of my life trying to conform and deny. Um, and it wasn't until I embraced who I was that, that I, I thrived. Um, so understand and accept first that you have a right to exist and celebrate that. And then the second thing that was really helpful to me was surrounding myself or having 
people or someone in my circle that may not have had the same condition, but we had the same lens on the world. Um, I can think of 10 people off the top of my head that have varying abilities and, and diseases and conditions. And I know that if I'm having a bad day, if something wasn't accessible, if uh, I got called a derogatory name, that I have a network that I can reach out to that I don't have to explain why it stung, that they just know that was not right. And I hear you. Um, and I think the, the more you surround yourself with what is in your community, the more you belong and the more you can celebrate it. Um, so I, I would definitely say to find your people, find your tribe. Um, I'm a little biased, but the disability communi community is accepting because we know what it's like not to be. So if I'm out in the street and I see somebody who moves like me, um, I might go and say hi to them or them to me. And it's like instant connection. Yeah. Um, it's such an empowering feeling. Mm -hmm. Find your tribe. <laughs> yes, that's, that's very important. Unfortunately, um, or, or fortunately, um, depends how you look at it. Um, there's this thing that when you, you know, people should always develop themselves, right? It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have, how, how much education you have, you can always improve. You can always get more knowledge. Sure. And um, as you acquire more knowledge and knowledge come from various places, some people who don't fit in your upward success are going to left behind. And that is good for you. You don't want to associate yourself with people who are bringing you or down, you know, or not, not on your trajectory of growth. Absolutely. So I uh, resonate with what you said. And um, uh, I hope what I said resonates with our audience. Um, and uh, for my last question, um, so you know a little bit about what we do here, uh, whether it's in marketing robotics and uh, mobility and inclusion. What do you think, what kind of advice would you give us to improve the quality of life for people with disabilities? I really have to go back to our initial conversation and that was the harsh reality that as a man, as an able-bodied person, society has set it up in a way that your voice might hold more power than my own. But what I found really inspiring with you is that you were taking your privilege and your standing to amplify the voices that are a little bit more hushed. Um, because the reality is, is that we can be here talking and speaking and I can write about it all day long. But if I don't have somebody to help elevate that, mm -hmm. It's, it's not going to go very far. And that's what I think you and your company do amazing with is having that power, but also allowing us to guide the conversation and to educate you because you can only understand based on the knowledge we give because we just live very different perspectives. Um, but I, I think you were, you were doing that right. Um, so I would say just continue to do it because it matters. 
Awesome. More, more, more things to come from uh, on our end. And uh, I, I uh, deeply appreciate your time with us. Uh, we're going to stay in touch, of course, and we're going to uh, hopefully we'll collaborate at, uh, at some point down the line. Anytime. Awesome. Uh, I want to I wanna thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to remind everyone that an accessible world is an inclusive world. Yes. Let's make life accessible for all. It's possible. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Ashley. Have a great evening. You as well. Stay safe and we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.